0: This is totally not dancing, and you're listening to the Shred Shack. Greetings, folks. I'm Dan Mack. And uh, this is
1: Chris Mack. Welcome episode 125 of the Shred Shack Podcast. your premier source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal. Airing bi-weekly on iTunes, Mixcloud, Google Play, and iHeartRadio, as well as on YouTube at youtube.com slash Templum and YouTube, youtube.com slash the Shred Shack. I did that backwards. You did. Let's get started with old business.
0: I have old business. Oh, yeah, yay. <laughs> Alright, so of course we talked at pretty, a pretty good length on the last podcast about the whole drama between uh, Aerosmith and Joey Kramer, their oh, drummer. We did. They're a strange drummer at the time. So according to TMZ, Joey Kramer has been working with his Aerosmith bandmates, Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, Tom Hamilton, and Brad Wifford, the past several days to help him return to his spot on the drums. Sources tell TMZ that Joey has been practicing to get his skills back to where they were before his absence, and once Joey uh, proves he's up to the task... The fellows will let him back in to start beating the skins again. I just...
1: What, like... I feel like a person who's been at a craft for X amount of time and being told you're currently not good enough, like, I feel like that would just be downright insulting. Right? (laughs) Like, yeah, when you're... when you're uh, a little bit better. (laughs) It's, uh, It's like, I've been playing with you for like 30, 40, 50 fucking years. It's like, yeah, but... But we need you here, and you're currently here. <laughs>
0: yeah, it pretty much sounds exactly like what Black Sabbath did to Bill Ward. Yeah, that and the whole like you know unsignable contract thing. Is he he claims. Mm-hmm. So, but and their of course their claim was that his physical health prevented him from doing these tours or whatever. Yeah. So it sounds very very reminiscent. Either way, it sounds very Spinal Tap. Yeah. You know, with their revolving door of, of drummers and being very expendable. Yeah.
1: Well, I think. um Last time we were we were waiting for the Grammys to happen, and...
0: Yes, I think they were happening that weekend. And apparently like the show was a mess. Apparently the show was a mess. Uh, apparently the was a mess. Appar- uh, well, it depends on which perspective you look from. Like, from a rock perspective, apparently the Aerosmith show was a disaster. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you look at it from a perspective of the show as a whole and what's popular in music, the show was very good, apparently. You know, Billie Eilish won like. No,
1: I I meant just Aerosmith. Oh,
0: Aerosmith! Yeah, I heard that was an absolute disaster. It was yeah. a train wreck. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, that's that's what I heard. Everything else, I I, I, I didn't pay any attention to. So,
0: well, t- <clears throat> I know that Tool won. Uh huh. I think that comes up later on in our in our podcast here. But Tool did win mm-hmm. for best metal performance. You know, that was so that was pretty cool, especially considering that the song that they won for is 15 minutes long. So. <laughs> I It's amazing that somebody actually sat there and listened to it for that long. Or they were just like, oh, that's a name I know. (laughs) I was going to
1: say the stiff old farts listening to it fell asleep, woke up and went, okay, that wins.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that is it for old
1: business. All right, so let's go on to new business. And with new business, we start talking about new album releases, um, of which... You didn't write any, but you were listening to one just a little while uh, ago. Well,
0: the thing is, I just recently uh, jumped ship to Spotify
1: from Pandora, or
0: or just in general. Okay, I, I, just in general, I was I wasn't so much against Spotify, like I just didn't feel like paying for it, mm-hmm. and I didn't know like how the free service worked. So I, I randomly downloaded the app and I started listening to it. It was great. Um, the uh, The app itself, the free version, of course, you have ads and stuff like that. Um the only thing that really bothered me about it was the fact that you can't listen to things in a row. everything's in shuffle uh uh which bothered the shit out of me um and there was a couple other limitations of course uh so i i i uh decided to go with Spotify premium, which is you know the pay service uh-huh. uh you get unlimited skips, you get you know no ads blah, blah 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 you can listen to albums in a row, so I started adding. New releases to a 2020 playlist. And today's uh, one that I was listening to when I walked in the door was the new Sepultura record. Um, And that is actually really fucking good. Yeah. Really good. I'm really enjoying it. I mean, I haven't really been into Latter day Sepultura. I listened to like maybe one or two albums in passing. Mm -hmm. But I really dig this one. There's a lot of really good stuff happening on this record, musically um, and vocally, that I'm very impressed with. And I'm really looking forward to digging deeper into this one
1: yeah I was gonna say you only got a passive listen for the most part yeah um but I I ordered the album this morning so I should be getting it tomorrow and hopefully get a listen to it but I we got a copy of it from uh from nuclear blast as far as digital so cat I need you to not
0: step on that yeah that I was just I was just seeing disaster oh yeah okay recording disaster with our cats one of the other things oh I, I'm sorry no I was going to say, I also listened to, there's a new EP out by um, Napalm Death. I listened to, I think, two songs from that. Uh-huh. Very good. Not what I was expecting. Really? Yeah. Um, it seems uh, one of the songs, the newest single, was slowed down a little bit mm-hmm. with their normal you know, grind chord pace. And it, Barney actually kind of has a little bit of melody to his vocals on this one. It's very good, though. I, mean, I need to hear it. So. Yeah, you need to hear it. It's, I liked it. I liked it a lot so I think uh, that's definitely worth a listen to mm. or just to check out just cause like you know the, the evolution of a band that's been a stalwart in the fucking grindcore scene for so long yeah is uh anything different might is you know might, might scare people, people away yeah it's also, so. but it's just cause for discussion so. yeah yeah
1: um so I have two to discuss um the first one is by a band called Zio um, this is actually one that I kickstarted.
0: Um, I was like, I was trying to find some of their information, and, I, and when I looked for them on Facebook or whatever, our our Kickstarter thing came you know, up yeah. for the podcast.
1: Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so it was something that I kickstarted uh, because of the involvement of Heather Finlay from uh, Mostly Autumn, and she was on The Human Equation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Um, but the album is is not unlike on in fact, that it's written, it's all written by one guy, and he has other people play and sing on it. Uh, it's a concept album. Um, kind of a mix of that, like, it's kind of a mix of prog rock, prog metal, and even kind of, t- like, techno-ish in a way, electronic in a way. Um, but very, very much like, you know, like Flower Kings or... or um, What's the other one I'm thinking of? Uh, like Spock's beard. Okay, like okay, that. okay. So yeah, very, yeah. very, very progressive, and there are points where like it does sound like you know like they're they're hitting that '70s level of like Kansas and whatnot, and then they'll pick up the heaviness and just you know nail you in the face. Yeah. So, um, so it, it's a very variable album. My only complaint at this point. Is the fact that um, it doesn't come with lyrics, so I have no idea what the fuck's going on. <laughs> so, like, they're singing about flowers, and I have no idea why. <laughs> so it's it's uh, it's a little it's a little jarring for me. Like in those cases, I, I like to be able to read along and know what's going on and everything. Um, but musically, it's it's very interesting, very good. Obviously, the vocals are good. Um, four different vocalists.
0: I was gonna say, she's not the only vocals, right? No, there's,
1: there's four different ones. Um, but I, I like it's like I said, without without the without reading the lyrics it's kinda hard to sit there and figure out what's going on, who like who's necessarily singing what parts and so on. And gotcha, so forth. Gotcha, gotcha, but um but on its own, it's a good album, so um, the other album I listened to uh, came out the day that we did the last podcast, and that's the Marco Hietala album.
0: Oh, I listened to that too. That is a
1: f- fantastic album. Yeah, it is. Um, very much in the vein of Tarot, but mm-hmm. I don't want to say watered down because that makes it sound bad. I just want to say that it's not the same. Like it, it kind of it kind of encompasses more Tarot than everything else that um, Marco has done in his career. Um. Like, the, the first song on the album, Stones, is a straight-up tarot song. Mm-hmm. Like, straight-up. Um, but the rest of it kind of... It, 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 it works... It, it, it flexes his range, which is great, because I love his voice. It's fantastic. He has a lot of great vibrato. Um, it works on a lot on the softer side of his voice, which doesn't get explored enough. Like even with nightwish mm-hmm. I feel like it's not explored enough he has a much softer side to his voice and this album does explore that a lot more um, but he also shows off those those you know big booming po- uh, points um, but not as many um, yeah musically it's it's got a little bit of everything but it kind of hits more in the tarot section Um... I don't have a complaint about it. I think it's a really good record. I think it's like, considering that we're waiting for a new Nightwish, we're waiting for new stuff from from his various projects, this is a good holdover, for sure. Uh,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see, because we, we had the conversation um, on the last podcast we were talking about Nightwish, where we felt, or at least Pat and I felt, that there was not enough Marco on the last Nightwish record. Mm-hmm. I wonder mm-hmm. if he took like, the time to record and release this record before the new Nightwish one because he's also not as featured as much on the, the one that's coming out like mm. uh, the new single that came out just recently for uh, Nightwish is called Noise I listened to it today it's all four Mm-hmm. all four there's no Marco on it whatsoever wasn't
1: it the same thing with Ilan? Was... it was
0: and the funny thing about that, this particular single was I feel the same way I felt about Ilan. like I wasn't crazy about Elan until I got the record mm-hmm. hearing it in context with the record was a much different experience and I feel the same exact way about this song gotcha
1: I, I don't know sometimes when 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 bands like Nightwish have like simple song titles I, I get worried
0: yeah yeah I can see that I can see that and plus like the, the, the feel of it is is very stale uh, because it's like you've heard the song before. Yeah. You know, it's the same kind of sound and stuff like that. And you, some people probably would have that complaint about Nightwish as a whole. Like their last three records sound exactly the same, kind of blah, blah, blah. Um, but again, for me, it's out of context of the rest, the rest of the record. Yeah. Especially because it's a double record. Yeah. so there's going to be a completely different feel throughout the whole fucking thing.
1: Yeah, that's going to be that 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 second disc is going to be something something else.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm so. super excited cuz he he's been kind of leading up to this. The 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 keyboardist songwriter, he's been leading yeah. up to something like this for a long time now. Yeah. I mean, Dark Passion Play started off with a 13-minute track. Um Imaginarium has a fucking movie Imaginarium has a movie fucking uh, Endless is the most beautiful The last track on that album was 23 minutes long Mm. Uh, he's been leading up to this for a long time so it's going to be interesting to see see something like this finally come to fruition for that band
1: I wonder if they play it
0: live I mean they they played that 13 minute track from Dark Passion Play live it was their opening track when I saw them live Mm. opening so right on Um,
1: so then what else have we been listening to
0: well, of course, I've been doing the Spotify thing, just randomly picking stuff out and stuff, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. Um, iPod has been on Shuffle. Specifically, I made a, a playlist of the last time I updated my iPod of just the stuff that came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. So I've just been rotating a lot through all those releases you mm-hmm. know, on Shuffle. Gotcha. Um, and that's pretty much it. I've been just enjoying listening to a lot of music now because um, it's just me in the house and my routine is, you know, wake up eat and do all this stuff and I just have music on Yeah. so I get a chance to listen to a lot of new stuff a lot of old stuff now and a lot of very varying stuff mm-hmm. so it's been very beneficial gotcha what about you
1: um well we have the albums of the day I was
0: gonna say I was gonna do you have anything else outside of the albums of the day
1: um well yeah um been listening to some dylan uh, as as per usual because i've been trying to pick up the rest of his records um for no reason at all just suddenly was like i need all the rest of his shit (laughs) like like right now uh one in particular is um is bootleg series volume nine uh which is going to be on the album of the day thing um which is a bunch of demos from 1962 to 1964 which is... I've listened to half of that, and then uh, Bootleg Series Volume 13, which was recorded live uh, various places and times across the span of 79 to 81. Wow. So um, I've been listening to, to those two in particular, plus kind of sporadically go into some of the the newer material, where his voice just sounds like he's, like, you know... Dying. Like he's just gargling acid. <laughs> um, what else? Um... My album of the day for today, which I'll just get to right away. Why not? Um, it's gonna be Black Label Society, 1919 Eternal. Oh, wow! So
0: that's a throwback. Yeah, uh,
1: well, I was I was going through like the, all the records that I have from him, uh, from from Black Label, um, and I'm like like Mafia, mm-hmm. Stronger Than Death. No, I go to an old goody, 1919. So. Uh.
0: For me I've, i overplayed Sonic Ruins and Stronger Than Death. Those mm-hmm. are the first two records and I overplayed those. Yeah. I don't I don't think I listened to anything past that enough. Yeah. Except for maybe Hangover music. I really like Hangover music.
1: That's, that's actually one of the ones I don't have. I'm missing that, Blessed Hell Ride and Grimmest Hits. So,
0: I, I don't think I have Grimmest Hits. That's um, the new ones. That's um, the newest latest, one. Latest yeah. latest one, whatever.
1: Yeah. Um but yeah. Um I I don't have Blessed Hell Ride. But everything everything else I have right now and I'm like mafia in particular, I really liked. So, but was feeling for a 1919 eternal. And and it was one of those things where like, uh, I pulled up and a song ended just as I turned off the car. I was like, yeah, (laughs) 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 I got timing. I Um, love that. That's great. Um, and aside from that, I I was, I've been kind of going through some of the, um, some of my, um, my haul from, from Christmas I know like it's now February I got my Christmas haul very late um, and so my Nuclear Blast you know 50 plus CDs that I, I got as a gift from myself to myself for being such a good boy this year yeah. <laughs> um, so the Accept album um, Symphonic Terror which is them playing at Vakken um, with an orchestra
0: at Vakken. At Vaken. Oh, shit.
1: Yeah, they played at Vaken with uh, in 2017 with an orchestra. So they came out, played about five, six songs on their own. Then um, it was around the time that um, Wolf Hoffman released Headbanger Symphony.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So
1: they came out and played half that album. Wow. And then, except came back out, played about ten tracks. Of Holy of, shit. And and they just did it all together. That's badass. Yeah. That so, is a
0: badass show.
1: Yeah, I actually, um it came with, um it's a two CD and a Blu-ray. I was so. going to say,
0: is there a DVD involved with that yep. or something? That's, yes. You have to have that. Yeah, there is. So I'm going to, I,
1: I have to, I still have to go back and get get to work on the DVDs. It's just that, like, during the week, like, the weekends are my time now to be, to be, um productive because of the fact that like i come home like i get like, i'm at work and i get super into things and i'm like i gotta do this i gotta do this i gotta do this and i get home and i'm like fuck that shit i'm going to bed
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: so so i'm just like you know i get home at like seven eight o'clock at night after being after leaving for work at like seven seven thirty so it's you know it's a long ass day for me personally, I don't know. Some people can can manage that kind. Of I was shit. about
0: to say is like I, I actually have a Fitbit now. I track my sleep a little bit, and I don't think in like the last couple of days I've had more than four hours of sleep mm-hmm. at a time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I I no I get I get plenty of sleep, so I get and I get plenty of deep sleep. So I I I just I come home and I'm like I'm fucking exhausted. I don't want to do a goddamn thing. So no, I, I I hear
0: you though. I hear you.
1: So I um. My my weekends are the time where I get productive, and um, and those are the times where I should be watching these things. But it's like I just don't because yeah. like, I'm in the middle of doing other things. I'm editing videos. I can't. You can't
0: concentrate. Yeah, yeah so. I mean, I got you. I got and you. And
1: then and then when Sunday comes, I'm like, oh crap, work. And then I'm like, okay, so from six to six oh one, I'm gonna go de stress and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You got about thirty seconds. Yeah,
1: <laughs> boombox. You have thirty seconds to amuse me. <laughs> uh, and of course, I have to sit there and, and lay where my dog
0: shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Abby. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah.
1: So. Um, All right. Let's go over the albums. Of the albums day. of the day. Yeah, All right. Day. So
0: starting off from when we, our last podcast. Yep. Um, I listened to some Star One mm-hmm. space metal. Fucking love that record. It's always a go-to good record. If I if I have nothing else that I feel like listening to, I go to that record pretty much. Mm-hmm. And you listen to the Hunt by Grand Magus. Um
1: yes. Uh so a couple things actually. Uh one space metal phenomenal album. Um Star One is probably my favorite of all the side projects that Arian has done. Um Have you heard Victims of the Modern Age? No. Okay. You need to. What's that? It's the follow-up. It's the second album.
0: Oh. Yeah. You need to get that. Okay. Well, I have Spotify now, so once yeah. I'm done with that, I will search so, for so that f- and, and get it.
1: Yes, um, the track "Digital
0: Rain." It's about the Matrix. Oh, I think I've heard this song. I probably have, and I, I might even have the record. Probably not. Okay. I don't know if I if I took that if if like during that whole hard drive dump I took from you or not. So
1: um, probably, probably not, because it came out a little bit later. Oh, then, then definitely not. Um. But two, Grand Magus, The Hunt, um, phenomenal record because it's Grand Magus. Um, and now I have Wolfgod to listen to. Yes. So I got to listen to that. Yes, you do. Um, Grand Magus is actually one of those bands that, like, their sound is so simple and so good that I'm perfectly fine with them releasing the same thing over and
0: over. They're like the ACDC of, like, uh, Norse mythology metal.
1: Yeah. It's just, it like, it's it's just straight up good groovy like grooving rock and roll and it's like, fun like, to listen to oh yeah they're
0: so fucking fun
1: yeah like it's just I, it's hard to beat yeah so for um, sure yeah um another thing that I listen to actually um when Lindsay and I do road trips we listen to three things in particular and uh, we did a road trip for the Royal Rumble which is where we were last uh, not last Sunday the Sunday before that uh, after the last podcast, um, so we listened to um, the Doctor Horrible soundtrack.
0: Right, I remember hearing about that. Okay, the um,
1: Batman Brave and the Bold uh, musical episode, which is also Neil Patrick Harris. So two things of Neil Patrick Harris for no reason. That's besides the fact that we got into this habit of doing it, and then there's always at least one Ariane out and this time around it was uh, Electric Castle. Cool. So I like it was one of those things that like get an earful of it before the, the live album comes out because mm-hmm. I pre-ordered the super special edition of it that cost me fucking $240.
0: Oh, my God. How many <laughs> mugs is Lizzie getting for that one? Jesus
1: Christ. Oh, no, she lets she lets me, when it comes to Arion, she knows, like, I'm, I'm going to spend all the money. <laughs> <laughs> so, Holy fuck. Uh, it comes in a wooden box. It oh, my with a, a God. comes a vinyl copy of the album, a five-disc earbook, DVD, Blu-ray, um, t-shirt, all this kind of shit. Alright, you're
0: doing an unpacking video for this one, right? I am. I was gonna say, you gotta do an unpacking video for that one. I,
1: I totally am, because it, like, I, I missed the chance to do it for the Electric Castle, the last Electric Castle one, because I bought the remastered version. Like, the, the special remastered version. And I, like, it, it was, it's a pretty impressive box, so I was like, oh, I probably should have, like, like, filmed the opening this. But whatever. Next time. This is the next time. This is
0: the next time. March.
1: Or March I think end of March is when it happens. So yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be badass as fuck. Uh,
0: okay, go on. Alright, so next up we had uh, I listen to the Sons of Apollo, their new record twenty twenty. And you listen to Seven Witches, Amped.
1: Yes, just out of the blue. Very good.
0: Alright. And of course, we just talked about Bob Dylan, the uh, the Whitmark demos, yes, Whitmark demos, the Whitmark demos, and I listened to the Gathering by Testament, a gift from Daniel. The thing I
1: like about the the Whitmark demos, um, or some of the things that I like about demos in general, is like, um, you can kind of hear, um, well, a you can hear the changes that are made, b in the, in the case of this album, like you can hear like Bob Dylan stop and talk a little bit. Like he's doing one of the tracks, and he actually messes up one of the lines, and just kind of stops and goes. Yeah, that line was supposed to be this, and then keeps going. I'm like, I kind of like that.
0: Yeah, something like that. I can, I can, I like. I think one of the things that was cool about the the Ozzy, uh, Randy Roach tribute record is uh, when they were recording D. Yeah. And it's multiple takes, but one s- streaming continuous track. Mm-hmm. I love that because there's multiple starts, multiple stops, and you hear him talking it through. It's really cool. Yeah. I also love anything involving the recording studio. Anything behind the scenes in recording studios. Like, I lived on Metallica a year and a half in a life of part one because mm-hmm. of the recording on the Black Album. It was so fucking cool. Anything yeah. like that, I'm a big fan of.
1: Yeah. I, I, in particular, when it comes to that kind of stuff, I like seeing vocals done because I like hearing isolated vocals.
0: Mm, yes. So. I'm sure you've come across the isolated vocals of uh, Freddie Mercury doing um, Under Pressure.
1: Um, maybe not that song in particular, but, um, I've heard the isolated vocals of just various songs. Oh, okay. So.
0: Yeah. Very good stuff. Like,
1: I've heard the isolated vocals of, uh, Midlife Crisis from Faith and More. Oh, wow. That's yeah. gotta be interesting. Yeah, that's cool.
0: I think one of the, one of the really good ones I heard was, um, the isolated vocal tracks of Chris Cornell doing Black Hole Sun. Nice. Yeah, that heard was good. It.
1: Yeah. with, with. With rock band out, it's it's a lot easier to obtain those. Uh-huh. So,
0: well, one of the weirdest ones and ones that kind of was just out there was the isolated vocal tracks of David Lee Roth doing "Running for the Running with the Devil," yeah. because it's just really him just making a whole lot of really weird noises. And um, without the context of the music, it's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> as a
1: as a bad joke, I um, I put into um, when we when back when we were doing the um, Shred Shack Pro Wrestling Predictions videos, I had a Little, I had Mr. Potato Head, he was Rockstar Spud. Rockstar Spud was actually, like, you know, you know Drake Maverick? He's um, he was the, he's the uh, general manager for 205 Live, little
0: guy. Yeah, I was going to say the short guy, right? Yeah.
1: Um, his, his name um, previously was Rockstar Spud. Oh, okay. So I made a joke in saying that here he is, Rockstar Spud, and the sound that he makes in the videos is actually an isolated sound of David Lee Roth just going, Wah!
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
1: So, yeah, I, I, that, that's his whole speech. So,
0: All right, continuing on. Yep. I listened to British Lion, The Burning. The Burning. The Burning. The Burning, and it, it's Zio or Zio?
1: I, I, I think it's Zio, but, I mean, I could
0: be wrong. Yeah. And that was your pick.
1: I already talked about that, but how was the British Lion album?
0: Not bad. Not bad. I mean, we, we've we've had a discussion of what has been called, like, dad rock. Uh-huh. You know, heavy music or heavy-ish music for guys probably in their 40s and 50s. Uh-huh. That's exactly what this is.
1: So did you feel like you were hitting your 40s when
0: you listening to it? I've been feeling like I've been hitting my 40s since I was 35, so, uh, yeah, I'm good. Uh, uh-huh. No, it's actually, it was fun. It was a little bit better than I expected it to be, to tell you the truth. I was expecting something a little... Uh, uh, I uh, I expected to not like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also expected to hear Steve a lot more. Um but he was definitely a little bit he was definitely in the mix. Yeah. So he wasn't like taking front and center. So mm-hmm. I really think that he's kind of I mean he he knows who he is. Everyone knows who he is, but he's trying to like make this band like its own thing. Yeah. At least to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. You know, he's it's not like he's going to have like two mega successful bands like Corey Taylor with Stone Sour and Slipknot. He's going to have this Iron Maiden Which is his baby And then he's gonna have This other little thing That's you know Kind of cool
1: Iron Maiden
0: There's line <laughs> Alright next up You listen to Corporal Clanny Uh Carkello uh, I, think, I think Carkello 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 Yeah And I listen to Scale the Summit The Collective Yeah I like Corporal Clanny <laughs> Yeah Corporal Is super fun So Are we gonna do this For our discussion today Um we can Well we'll see what time it is Yeah Let's see what time it is. All right. Next up, I listened to the newest record from Apocalyptica, uh, cello, mm-hmm. cello. It's very good. Um, it's all instrumental again. They have no vocals on this one, so it was kind of back to their uh, their mm-hmm. roots on that one. Cool. Uh, you listened to Surgical Steel by Carcass, which is a great record.
1: Yes, it is. Um, Carcass is actually a, a better band than I I realized. Um, a lot more melody to their instrumentation than I realized. So I'm like. Damn, this is fucking good. I, I think that has up. to
0: do with the fact that this was a later record. Um, I think probably early on in their career they weren't as much like that, but now that this is like,
1: well, they 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 did. I have two albums. The last one they did before they went on hiatus, and then Surgical Steel, which oh. was their first after hiatus. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I I didn't read into why the hiatus happened, but like I, I don't know if if like if anybody has a problem with the way that they sound now, like.
0: Fuck you. <laughs> like, 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 this is fucking cool. So. Uh, Alright. Next up, we got. I listened to some Witchcraft, Legend, mm-hmm. and you listened to Marco Hitala. Yes.
1: Funny thing, I just got the that album, uh, Witchcraft. The,
0: which is why I listened to it, because I saw it on your on You had the the, the vinyl of it. It was like, oh, that looks uh, really well, cool. Well,
1: no, I, I had the vinyl of Nucleus, but I had the oh. CD
0: of Legend. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. It was Nucleus I saw, but I just saw the. The, that first cover, I was like, that looks cool. Yeah, that's what I love about the whole Spotify thing now. Is like you can just kind of like what looks cool, you yeah. can just try. It. This looks metal. <laughs> it's it's I, it's really it's really awesome.
1: That's how I got into Zandel. I was like, this cover looks metal, i to buy it.
0: I mean, that's how we bought stuff at cheapos for the longest time. It's like, yeah. is it on Metal Blade Records? Does it have a cool cover? I'm gonna buy it. Yeah, yeah, you
1: know, I I mean I I trust certain certain record labels in general. So yeah.
0: All right, next up, um, you listened to Music Bank by Allison Chance? Still listening to it. Still, I'm sure it was long. Yeah. And I listened yeah. to Liquid Tension Experiment 2.
1: Yeah. Uh, the The primary reason that I listened to Black Label was because of the fact that I'm still on the Music Bank. And I was like, okay, I need to listen to something else so I can actually have an album of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like just flipping through and bam, Black Label. Um, I was listening to something else, which we're going to do a video for. But I finally listened to that album that we're talking about. Yeah. We're, we're going to be talking about late, uh, in a video later. <clears throat> so.
0: The last bit here, this is from yesterday. Um, handful of Days. Yes. And I listened to uh, Electric Twilight. This is an album by Chris Amitt. Now, Chris Amitt, uh or Amat, probably Amat actually. Um, he was the, one of the former guitarists of Arch Enemy. It was him and his brother Mike. He released a synthwave album yesterday, called Electric Twilight, and it's fucking great. <laughs> nice. I saw that when I was scrolling through, uh, doing working on the script, I saw that on Blower Moth. I'm like, oh my god! Synthwave album? Yes, please.
1: I, I was going to say, so both of us didn't listen to, to metal that day. <laughs> I was going to say, my, um, Handful of Days is my friend's band, um, and they are they are very good, they're kind of a, a, acoustic bass for the most part. Um, they're a singer um, is kind of sounds like Robert Smith and McCure, um, but not metal. So we both had a non-metal day.
0: Hey, so. they're allowed.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're allowed. We're, we're allowed. Yeah.
0: So. I mean, we're not closed-minded like a lot of people. So. Yeah. yeah fuck you. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any problems with that, go fuck yourself. At me, bro. <laughs> Bet. <laughs> All right. So that was albums of the day. Now that we are 45 minutes into the podcast, you want to go on with the rest of our day? Uh, Yes, let's do that. (laughs) All right. So, of course, after um, album releases, we have to get the obituaries out of the way, unfortunately. Uh, So, just recently, Corrosion of Conformity drummer uh, Reed Mullin passed away. He was 53 years old. Uh, No cause of death has been disclosed.
1: Yeah, that was that was kind of surprising. Cause yeah, because
0: it was like right after we recorded the podcast too. But,
1: but also, like I saw a thing on Instagram, and like it, it, it was like a it, was, well, it wasn't really like a rest in peace thing yet. But like I, I was like, okay, and I kind of scrolled past it, and then I just kept seeing more stuff from Corrosion and Conformity, and I was like, oh shit, like
0: yeah, that fuck. Yeah, that's that's a bummer. That's certainly a bummer. Uh, Andy Gill, he's a guitarist of legendary post-punk band Gang of Four. He passed away at 64. Uh, he passed away in a Central London hospital after a short respiratory illness. Uh, I don't have them written here in the script, but just looking at the uh, 2020 in Heavy Metal Music Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. uh, Josh Pap or Pape, uh, he's former bassist of DRI and Gang Green. He uh, passed away uh, from Undisclosed Reasons uh, at age of 53. Mm-hmm. And just recently, just the other day, Diego Farias, Farias uh, he's the former guitarist of the band Volumes. He passed away from Undisclosed Reasons. Yeah. And yet um, there's no age here written down, so I'm not sure who, how old he was.
1: Not musically related but also Kirk Douglas passed away. 103. At, uh,
0: 103. Man, that guy. Damn. Good job. Spartacus
1: lives forever. Good
0: for him. Not many celebrities in that golden age of Hollywood era yeah. live that fucking long. Uh, he was... He was... Wow. Yeah, he he
1: powered through. Good on him. Good on him. I was going to say, I was wondering if, like, you know, Michael would die first. Right,
0: considering that Michael has some kind of illness, right?
1: I, I don't remember.
0: I thought he had some kind of illness.
1: Uh, I saw a thing today that... Uh, uh, I, I don't know if it, it actually is a legit quote from him, but uh, it's it's quoted to Will, Willie Nelson saying, "Youngsters these days need to um, need to think about
0: how they're going to leave the earth for me and Keith Richards." <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the fucking truth? Yep. Oh wow, that's wonderful. All right, ready for some general news general here? General news. General news. All right, showing off the bloody stumps of his fingers, Ozzy Osbourne screams out a heavy metal message for cat guardians in a new PETA ad, Never Declaw. So we are cat owners, and here's a little bit of background about what happens when cats get declawed. So when they are declawed, their claws and part of their toes are amputated. Veterinarians equate declawing with cutting off the last bone in a human's finger often causing nerve damage, infection, and immense pain, Uh, a message that hit home for Ozzy, who nearly lost some of his own fingers in late 2018 as a result of an infection. Because of an impaired balance caused by the crippling procedure, declawed cats have have to relearn how to walk and are more likely to bite as a means of self-protection, having lost their first line of defense. They're nearly defenseless when outdoors, and some acquire lifelong uh, behavioral issues, such as urinating outside the litter box as well as biting.
1: Um, so, not keen on it being from
0: PETA, but... I know, I, I really, really have a thing against PETA in general. Yeah.
1: but no, Not keen on it being from PETA, but um, the message is there. Don't fucking declaw your cats, because I will fucking declaw you.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I know that in New York State, uh, it's illegal to do it now. Uh, I'm not. I'm. I'm not so sure about here. Do you yeah. know? I have no idea, but probably not because considering that one of the cats that we that you picked up was declawed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Gwen. Gwen. All right. Pantera's social media manager has shared a graphic indicating that the band has surpassed one billion streams across Amazon, Apple, Deezer, Google, and Spotify. Damn. Yeah. Cobra and the Lotus. Stryker and The Agonist are among the nominees in the Metal Hard Music Album of the Year category at this year's Juno Awards, which is the Canadian equivalent of the Grammy Awards, which is set to be held on Sunday, March 15th at the Saskatel uh, Center in uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. What were the band's names? Cobra and the Lotus. Yep. Stryker mm-hmm. and The Agonist.
1: Man, man, fucking Grammys take note.
0: Right? By the way, I listened to the newest record by uh, Cobra and the Lotus. Yeah. Bad ass. Yeah. They're Bad fucking good. Ass. They're fucking
1: good. And Striker we know is good.
0: Yep. So we know Striker and of course the Agonist. Yeah, the Agonist we know obviously. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a the, 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 they're a mainstay right there. Yeah. So All right. Former Machine Head and current Violence guitarist Phil Devil has launched a music umbrella called Echoes of Reckoning. According to Phil, Echoes of Reckoning will encompass his various solo projects and collaborations canvassing many genres, thrash, groove, rock, and acoustic. The label's first release will be the song The Permanent Decay, featuring an all-star cast including demo, Bleeding Through vocalist Brandon Shippipati, I'm going to stick with that, Megadeth bassist and person-who-can't-get-us-some-goddamn-coffee David Ellefson, and Sicker Reich and X machine Head drummer Dave McLean. The track, which was written by Demo in late 2016 and was rejected for use on Machine Head's Catharsis album, was made available digitally Friday, January 31st.
1: Ooh, shots fired.
0: Shots fired. Alright, former Megadeth and Black Label Society bassist James Lomenzo has announced the formation of a new project with Chris Adler, also let go from Megadeth. Um, Lemenzo broke the news of his collaboration with the ex God drummer during an interview with the Blaring Out with Eric Blair show at last month's Nam show in Anaheim, California.
1: When were they let go?
0: Well, I don't think I don't think Chris Adler was actually let go of Megadeth. I mean, he, he recorded the album. Oh, okay. But I don't and he played a few shows, but I don't I don't think he was officially a member of the band. Gotcha.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, Five Finger Death Punch guitarist Jason Hook will sit out the remainder of the band's European tour because he needs additional time to recover after recently having his gallbladder removed. So
1: he currently don't got your six.
0: No, he does not have your six. He will be replaced at the remaining shows on the trek by Andy James, a widely regarded oh, who is widely regarded as one of the UK's top rising stars in the world of shred and metal guitar. Good. Last but not least, here for general news, Murder in the Front Row, the San Francisco Bay Area thrash metal story, has announced a physical and digital release date of April 24th via MVD on DVD, Deluxe DVD, 4K, and HD. New bonus material from the documentary is now available, as well as a question and answer session with director Adam Durbin, who's directed the BC Boys Fight for Your Right to Party and No Sleep Till Brooklyn videos at RollingStone.com. Right on. All right. Everyone seems to be feeling good, so we don't need to talk to the doctor. <sighs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> no one's breaking the law, so no need t- for the crime blotter. <laughs> Why did I not do breaking the law? Why, what the fuck is wrong with me? It's right there. Uh, I hope you forget this.
1: Don't listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> if you're you know what? Look- I, am,
0: I am typing that
1: in right now. If you're going to listen... To any particular episode of this podcast, make sure it's not this one.
0: (laughs) All right, I'm going to do some Metallica stuff here, and then I'm going to use the restroom. Anyway, following a stellar inaugural year with results including job placement rates exceeding 90%, the Metallica Scholars Initiative has confirmed a second year of its support for community colleges and their career and technical education programs featuring the expansion of the program from 10 to 15 schools, as well as, well as the addition of matching grants from new partners. Metallica. Metallica. giving back. Yeah. Tax write-offs. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're being nice people, I swear. Um, for uh, last but not least here, we mentioned on the last podcast that James Heffield will be making him, his first public appearance since entering rehab He has made that appearance now, this past Thursday, or two Thursdays ago on January 30th, when an exhibit featuring 10 of his classic custom cars opened with a ticketed reception at the Peterson Automotive Museum in Los Angeles. Hetfield took part in a chat and helped auction off two of his ESP guitars at the event. He said he was proud to have his work on display at the museum, quoted as saying, there's no other place like this. The Peterson is the pinnacle. It's the best place to have your vehicles. They weren't doing me much good sitting in my garage. I loved looking at them. The best part is they're all together. I didn't want to auction them off and have them go all over the world. It's a collection, and it marks my life. Also in attendance were James Hetfield's bandmate, Robert Trujillo, along with former Van Halen bassist, Michael Anthony, and Alice Change guitarist, and probably one of his best buddies, Jerry Cantrell. Yeah. Um,
1: I also read something that he kind of refused to leave rehab until that point. Until that was coming up, like,
0: he... I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. I, yeah. I, I again, I don't. There was no, there was no indication that he went there because he fell off the wagon. Yeah, there is no stories about you know a drunken James Hetfield has to go back to, to rehab. Yeah. This is him just. I have a feeling this was him kind of like t- getting a top off. Yeah, like again, Metallica has a lot of stuff coming up, and I'm, I'm sure he's going to spend a lot of time away from his family, a lot of time on the road, a lot of time in in Temptations Way that he needs, he needed a top-off. Mm. He needed to be to reaffirm his uh, sobriety, which is super fucking cool. All right. So I'm not going to get into details here, or too many details, but in our section for f- 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 Feudin, yeah. let's just say that shit is ugly between Soundgarden and Chris Cornell's widow, Vicky, in regards to royalties and unreleased material. There's lawsuits, counter-lawsuits apparently she's holding on to these unreleased songs saying that they belong to chris and his estate they're not part of the band all this shit you know so it's 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 ugly
1: does she just not want to release them or i I don't i think there's
0: a i think there's a discussion about like ownership and royalties um um, so, so I think she says she feels she's due more royalties from the from like probably the already released stuff that she's holding on to these recordings and of course the band is you know uh, kind of fighting that you know saying that like we recorded these songs with Chris we wrote these songs with Chris et cetera et cetera he doesn't have exclusive ownership to these this material mm-hmm. blah 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 so shit is just getting ugly and it's unfortunate
1: yeah. Which, uh, it's always unfortunate like, when it comes to the passing of, of an individual, and, like, it sucks for them, and it also sucks for the fans, because that's unreleased material right there. People want to hear that and shit. And the
0: fact of the matter is, is that, I mean, the band has said that this material that they that is unreleased, they were working towards a new album yeah. at the time of his passing. Yeah. So this is stuff that we were going to get. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's unfortunate that now this stuff is... For the most part, shelved. Yeah, you know. So
1: it's it's, it's kind of shitty, but yeah, money. It's yeah. always about money.
0: It's always about money. So every, I think that's what a lot of people forget about. This is a business. It's business, and it's, a, and it's a shitty one. Yeah.
1: I, same thing with the the gaming industry. Everything's money.
0: Yeah. All right. Unfortunately, we we don't have any news for alcoholica. Nothing for merchandising this week. Wow. I know. I know. But recording news. There's some badass recording stuff going on, but Let's get the shitty stuff out of the way first. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not shitty. It's I was going to say, why are we reporting on shitty? Just, I'm just not a fan. Okay. Uh, Def Leppard, despite the, despite the fact that I use the, uh, the the parody of Foolin', I'm not the biggest fan of Def Leppard. Anyway, they will release a new box set called The Early Years, 1979 to 1981, on March 20th via UMC Virgin. The Early Years box set represents the band's first two albums, On Through the Night and High and Dry, and has been prepared in conjunction with singer Joe Elliott, who has acted as executive producer on the set. The mastering has been done by the band's long-serving sound engineer, Ron McHugh. This deluxe set comes with five CDs consisting of the original album, Remastered, B-Sides, Rarities, and Remix versions, Radio 1 Sessions, Live from Reading and the first ever appearance of an unreleased and newly mixed show from Oxford in 1980. The album also features an instant grat... instant grat... track? This is the first I'm hearing of this. Probably, anyway.
1: probably instant gratification.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay. The much sought after Nick Tauber produced version of Rock Brigade, which was originally penciled as a single for the UK, but has never released at the time. Today... 40 years on, the track receives its first official release. Eh. <laughs> yeah, again, let's just get that one out of the way. Yeah, I was going to Oh, say another that. one to get out of the way. Okay. A CD box set containing the five albums from Rat that they recorded for Atlantic Records will be released on March 27th via Cherry Red Records HNE Recordings. The collection, titled Rat, The Atlantic Years 1984-1990, is housed in a clamshell and includes several single edits as bonus tracks.
1: That's amazing, because I didn't know that Rat had more than, like, what, one album?
0: Yeah, yeah I'm not, the, again,
1: not a fan here.
0: Rat and rollin' thing. Blew, rock yeah, and roll. Fuck okay. You, fuck you, shit. All right, all right, all right. Fatal Opera. Which is the post Megadeth project of late classic era drummer Gar Saulsson. Samuelson. 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 Yeah. Gar. Gar. Gar Samuelson. Samuelson. Yep. We'll release its final LP, The Fatal Opera 3, in the summer via Combat Records. Now, Combat Records is the one that I think um, Ellison just picked up. So it's through Megadeth, pretty much. Right on. The LP will also include guest appearances from ex Megadeth guitarist Chris Poland and Megadeth bassist Dave Ellison, who will appear on the track The Raven, marking the first time Poland, Ellison, and Samuelson have appeared on a track together since Megadeth's seminal piece sells, but who's buying? Yep. There will also be additional guest appearances from Chris Poland and New Yorkers bassist Robbie Pags- Pagliari. Pagliari, yes. Primera. Marking the first time the original lineup of The New Yorkers, of Poland. Uh, Poland and Samuelson's pre-Megadeth Jazz Fusion Project, also featuring guitarist Stu Samuelson, has appeared together on a commercial recording. Also, making an appearance on The Raven is Elveson vocalist and Combat uh, Combat Records A&R Tom Hazard. All right. Opera, which is Andy Freeman on keyboards and vocals. Stu Samuelson on guitar. Billy Bream. On guitar, Travis Karcher on bass, and Gar Samuelson on drums, formed in the early 90s and released its self titled debut in 1994 and independently released Eleventh Hour in 2018. Fatal Opera 3 is the final chapter in the band's legacy, featuring the final recordings of Samuelson, who passed away in 1999. Fatal Opera began work on a new album prior to Gar's passing, and the tracks sat for almost 20 years until they were finally revisited. Enough tracks were formed. Uh, were found to create Fatal Opera 3, produced and mixed by Andy Freeman. The remaining members joined forces to finish the album that has, that was started so many years ago, released in a fitting tribute and celebration of the legacy of Gar Samuelson and Fatal Opera. Right on. That's crazy. Crazy. All right. So this one's going to be really interesting. Okay. Uh, so when a person turns 50, they usually spend the entire year celebrating in as large of a way as possible to make it their biggest and most memorable birthday yet. And, of course, our friend... Singer songwriter multi instrumentalist Richie Kotzen is taking the concept literally as he gears up to release, uh, f- gears up for the release of his most ambitious uh, ambitious album to date, and he wants to share his big birthday present to himself with his fans around the world. So Fifty for Fifty, which is his twenty second solo album, twenty second solo album, Jesus. is due out Monday, February third. Actually, that passed away, so it's probably out somewhere. I can probably get it. Uh, via his own custom label, Headroom Incorporated. The three-disc collection is just what the title implies, a collection of 50 previously unreleased compositions produced, performed, and written by Kotzen in honor of his birthday. It's the follow-up to his critically acclaimed Assaulting Earth album, which was released April 14th on uh, 2017 via Headroom Incorporated. So, uh,
1: cool. I mean, I only know Kotzen from, uh, from his brief time in Poison and... That was actually a good album,
0: and he was with uh, he was in the Winery Dogs with Billy Sheehan and Mike Portnoy. Very good album, uh, very good dad rock, so to speak. But no, he's very, very good, and I yeah. love his vocals. Mm. His vocals are great. Right on. So, I, I definitely worth a check out. So, I wonder if it's gonna be like a like a mix of like instrumental and uh, and and like songs. Yeah. You know, so definitely look into that one yes. all right so April is gonna be a fucking badass month because check this out catatonia will release their new album city burials on april 24th via peaceful records and we have also announced that testament released their new album on april 3rd but we now have a title for it it's called titans of creation the album cover is badass um the long way to follow up to 2016's brother, uh, album, Brotherhood of the Snake, was once again recorded with uh, Juan Ortega and mixed by a veteran British producer and current Judas Priest touring guitarist, Andy Sneap.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to those.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely exciting. Yeah. Still need to...
1: I, I have a feeling it's going to be one of those things that, like, when I pick up that album, I'm going to pick up the Last Testament album I need as well.
0: So cause, cause that, that's, <laughs> just double down on it right there. Yeah,
1: that, that, that seems to be the way things are going. Like Sepultura, I picked up, I picked up Quadra, and I picked up Alex. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing that over and over. <laughs>
0: Hey, as long as you finish the collections, it's all gravy, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, I have to finish putting away everything else first.
0: I know. I still have my my two my 2019 stack that yeah. I have to put into the fucking shelves, which mm-hmm. is like, ugh. Yeah. Because especially now, because I'm going to start pre-ordering, like, physical copies of... Like, I think the thing I'm doing with Spotify is I'm going to listen to Spotify and out on bands that I'm, like, you know, getting into. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to purchase CDs for bands like Testament and fucking Catatonia and stuff like that. Yeah. So, Anyway... According to Epica singer Simone Simons, the band has re- completed pre-production for the fall of the 2016's The Holographic Principal album. The new disc will once again be recorded at Sand Lane. Sand Lane Recording Facilities in the Netherlands and produced by Joost van den Broek. Yeah. He's,
1: he's busy. I was going to say, he's a, he's a busy guy. He's busy. He did the theater equation.
0: I was going to say, he's uh, he was uh, like the, the producer, like, kind of... I w- what is the I don't want to say choreographer but I, I guess the director of that
1: I was going to say like, like choreographer for that like everybody fucking push pushed James Jane LeBree, LeBree. <laughs>
0: just push the motherfucker around
1: I fucking love that too <laughs> referencing my own shit because <laughs> that was fucking funny because like literally it's just like the whole time he's just getting pushed around the whole fucking show <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright, Rob Flibb has confirmed to Rob's Metalworks that Machine Head will release another new standalone song in February. The track will follow Do or Die, which came out last October and was described by some fans and media outlets as a, quote, diss track aimed at Machine Head's detractors, in particular those who have have been critical of the band's last album, 2018's Catharsis.
1: So it's basically a diss track against guys like Pat.
0: Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Alright, so check this out. Okay. Former Machine Head and Current Violence guitarist Phil Demo spoke to Bl- the Blaring Out with Eric Blair show about the soon-to-be-released collaboration with drummer Mike Portnoy, vocalist Bobby Blitz, and bassist Mark Manihi, uh from Mental Alliance. It's called BM, uh, BPMD, so it's Bobby, Portnoy, Manihi, and Demo. It's all cover tunes from American bands of the 70s. It's called American Made. And it's got songs from ZZ Top, Leonard Skinner, The James Gang, Aerosmith, and Grand Funk Railroad. All these cover tunes that we modernized, not really thrashed them up, but we kind of made metal versions of them. And we think we found maybe a label home. We're looking to put the record out here probably at the end of the first quarter, maybe beginning of the second quarter. It's all up in the air right now.
1: Um, I'm excited for that because I, I like I like Overkill's covers. So I like Bobby Blitz's voice covering things. Their cover of Hymn 43 by Jethro Tull, fucking awesome. Wow, so, yeah. So, like, yeah, that's that's one of my favorites by them. Um, but they have done they have an entire album of, of covers. Um, and, yeah, they, they rock it. So um, just, just for him alone, I'd be excited about that.
0: And plus, you know, Mark Portnoy, he can play that. He can play that. He can play that. Alright, Candle Mass will release a new EP, The Pendulum, on March 27th via Napalm Records. The effort is fully comprised of never before heard unused tracks uh, cut from the the, the Door to Doom recording sessions. The Door to Doom recording sessions. In celebration of the 40th anniversary of its widely celebrated album, Agents of Fortune, Blue Oyster Cult performed the seminal album in its glorious entirety at an exclusive concert for the Audience Music Network on Monday, April 18th, of 2016 at Red Studios in Hollywood, California, in front of an intimate audience of invited guests. Dinner, dinner, theater. The performance was recorded by an army of cameramen for a direct TV special that is now being released on CD, DVD, Blu-ray, and vinyl on March 6th via Frontiers Music SRL. Woot. ZZ Top is preparing to enter the studio to begin work on its 16th studio album. The follow-up to 2012's La Futura will f- once again be produced by Rick Rubin, who has previously worked with everyone from Adele, Kanye West, and Justin Timberlake to Metallica, ACDC, Johnny Cash, and Slipknot.
1: Um, it's Easy Top, right? Yeah. They only have 16 albums. Right? Like, I feel like they should have more.
0: Like, a lot more. Yeah. They, aren't they also celebrating their 50th anniversary? Something like that, yeah. That's
1: that's that's crazy. Yeah.
0: Um, I, I was expecting them to have a lot more as well.
1: I don't. I don't fault them in any way. But
0: I mean, I'm, I mean, considering that Metallica's been around for almost forty years and they're like, well, on like the, on their tenth record, yeah. So, so
1: I, I don't fault them. They, what I know of theirs, I like. So yeah. Well, it just makes my life easier when I have to when I finally sit there and become a bigger fan of theirs and have to get
0: their stuff. So well, I mean, they are the little band from Texas who've been here for a couple of years, so we got to get on that. Yeah. Well, I got to work on my beard first. You just <laughs> trimmed it. I know. <laughs> I said work on it. <laughs> Okay, on April 17th, The Black Dahlia Murder will release its new album, uh, uh
1: I have no idea, I don't have my
0: phone Anyway, in front of me. anyway it's coming out via Metal Blade Records. The disc is described in a press release as the band's most dynamic, rousing, and emotional release to date, and it achieves this without, comprom- without compromising one iota of heaviness.
1: That's a, that's a bold statement
0: bold I don't, statement. I mean, I don't
1: know Black All Your Murder, but I'm just saying that's a, that's a that's a bold statement right there.
0: Very bold, Cotton. Let's see if it works out for him. <laughs> I fucking yeah. love Jason Bateman in that movie. Yeah.
1: Ouch, town population, you, bro. F and A.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Joe Satriani's new studio album Shapeshifting is set for release on April 10th via Sony Music Legacy Recordings. August Burns Red has announced its eighth full length album, Guardians, due on April 3rd via Fearless Records. And we just talked about this one recently. Former Arch Enemy and current Dark Tranquility guitarist Chris Amat has, released the re- has announced the release of his new synthwave album titled Electric Twilight. Badass record.
1: Right
0: on. Lamb of God will release their new self titled album on May 8th via Epic Records in the US and Nuclear Blast Records in Europe. The follow-up to Seven Strum on Drang will mark Lamb of God's first recordings with Art Cruz, who joined the band last July as a replacement for the group's founding drummer, Chris Adler. Cool. Static X has released a new single, Hollow, while announcing that its long-awaited seventh studio album, Project Regeneration, will consist of more than 20 tracks, which will appear over two volumes, to be released separately. Project Regeneration Volume 1 will feature 12 brand new Static X tracks containing many of the final vocal performances and musical compositions of late Static X frontman Wayne Static, along with the original Wisconsin Death Trip lineup of bassist Tony Campos, drummer Ken Jay, and guitarist Koichi Futa- uh, Fukada. Um, both volumes are being mixed by longtime Static X producer Ulrich Wilde. Word. And I did listen to the new single, Hollow, mm-hmm. and I was... The music's great. It sounds like Static X. I'm not sold on the vocals though. It sounds very watered down. It sounds like latter day corn vocals. And I'm
1: That's m- how he started to sound towards the end of of Static X.
0: Yeah, I was. I w- I'm not the biggest fan.
1: Yeah, he, like if you listen to like uh, Shadow Zone, uh-huh. like he went like full on Jonathan Davis.
0: Yeah, I'm again like, not a hundred percent sold on it. Uh, Six Feet Under will have entered the studio to begin recording their new album. The follow-up to 2017's Torment is due later this year via Metal Blade Records. And last but not least here, Grey Days, which is Chester Bennington's pre-Lincoln Park Band, will release Amends, featuring newly recorded music with remastered vocals from the group's long, out-of-print, and largely undiscovered catalog on April 10th via Loma Vista Records. I was
1: actually like Way back in the day, I was curious about what that sounded like, like the, his previous band. Yeah. But you know, now I can now I can figure it out. Yeah. Um, one thing I wish they would do, um, I would wish Linkin Park would do, is release their um, their EP that they released before they did Hybrid Theory, mm. because it actually had like one or two songs that I don't think have been put onto latter day albums, um, and they are like really good.
0: So that would be very cool. Yep. That would be very, very cool. Yep. I
1: think only one song uh, ended up appearing on, like, Hybrid Theory, and the rest are, like, you know... Lost to the... Lost to the... To the... To the... Independence. Like, I would point. really
0: like... I like how, like, uh, Slipknot recorded a few of the, the tracks from 8 Feet, Kill Repeat, put them on ladder records. I I think there's one song I think they really, really, really need to redo is Bitch Slap. I fucking love that song. <laughs> <laughs> Do nothing, Bitch Slap.
1: I think they should just release the, like, the, the album you know
0: made feet kill repeat yeah
1: they just just release
0: it like it's super fun yeah it, it, it's, it, it, it's not a,
1: it's not a representation of what they became but it's a it's just an enjoyable album and it,
0: it, like, they really just throw all of their influences in, into it too yeah. there's so much different shit going on the, the, that the, record
1: the random ass funk breakdown that is do nothing bitch slab that's like,
0: that's yeah that is the best yeah. I fucking love that song yeah um
1: They're, they're, they're the original version of only one I enjoyed. I I like both versions. Um, I actually
0: prefer the version of Purity on um, on Feet, Killer Pete. I prefer the version of
1: Gently on Mate, Feet, Killer Pete. That's what I
0: meant, Gently, Gently. Yeah. Not Purity, Gently. Yeah. yeah. I prefer that version compared to what they did on Iowa. Yep.
1: Um, confession. I think the only thing that would stop them is Confessions, which is actually a cover song. Hmm. So they, buy, uh, they have to get the right Well, again, they that.
0: could just, you know, some of these bands they go back and re- re-record like early recordings like you know Days of Purgatory with Ice Earth re-recording everything with um uh, Matt Barlow on vocals they can do the same thing with Corey just re-record everything make it sound better
1: uh, I, I kind of liked the, the the lo-fi sound of yeah. the album so
0: alright so we don't have anything for the good that men do unfortunately uh we have nothing here for crowdfunding uh anything new anyway Asaya, do you have any update on your friend, the the, the N- actress? No,
1: I don't have any okay. update
0: right now. All right, so do you have anything for things I want?
1: No, I actually didn't think about it this this uh, this week. So you got something? Okay. I do
0: have something. So there's a precursor to this one. So okay. in a brand new interview with Ouch, You're on My Hair podcast, Tim Owens was asked if there was if there has ever been any talk of him collaborating with Rob Halford on a new project. And his response was, we've never talked about it, which would be pretty awesome. Rob and I are friends, and it's great. i love to do something with Rob, and I've always thought about it, and I think the fans will love it, even if we do a song or two. Uh, and somebody laughed when I said this, but for the last 15 years, I've always said, man, I would love to do the song Under Pressure with Rob. It would be a great cover and it's funny because that song features two of my favorite singers Freddie Mercury and especially David Bowie he absolutely loves David Bowie and for Rob and I to do it I think it would be an amazing thing I want that okay
1: <laughs> that's I mean... what I want
0: <laughs> I want Ripper and I want the metal God to do Under Pressure yeah and I think it would be uh, fucking awesome
1: so speaking of of Tim Owens um, in particular um, <clears throat> I made the mistake of going on to Cameo.com. Uh huh. You know what that is, right?
0: Yeah, we can pay like a celebrity to like like phone calls, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I made the mistake of going on there and seeing like what metal artists are on there, and I'm like, fuck, we could totally get some like random shit for for the shred check for that. Like, some of it's not badly priced. Like, I think Tim Owens charges like twenty five bucks. That's not bad at all. No. Just to just to have him like do an intro or something like that, I would totally pay that. Wow. I think I think Portnoy's on there. Uh, there's a bunch on there. Oh,
0: if we can get Portnoy to say I can play that <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think I would fucking die. I that's what I'm saying. Like I, I would totally oh my God. I would totally
1: pay for something
0: like that. <laughs> or or get like a, a, a new version of the, the wild Chuck Billy appears grunt. <laughs> Oh my god! I,
1: I I really I really need that to become a
0: thing. The wild Chuck Billy appears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to find what what? Do you remember when that was? That, that was vi- uh, that, what's that video? Yeah, October
1: 2017, 2018. eighteen.
0: All right, because I wanted to show it to Brandy, and I couldn't remember it. It doesn't come up like a, as a photo. Yeah, a, of the of the video. Yeah, so.
1: it's October. It's October. It's definitely an October video. I can't remember if it's twenty seventeen or twenty
0: eighteen. Oh well, we can look it up because it was the follow-up to the, it was the Brotherhood of the Snake. so Oh, then
1: 2016.
0: Yeah, so it was 2016. Wow, really? I Or is it one of those things? Yeah, yeah, wow, okay.
1: It may have, it may have been one of those things that like, I, I, I'm thinking of it wrong because of the fact that I, I took so long to do it. Yeah,
0: I think I might have been a talk so long to do it type of thing.
1: Yeah, because I, I spent months on that. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was a
0: long one. Yeah. It was a good one, one no. of my
1: best. Yeah, it's one of my, one of my favorites because I want to do more crap like that. Just,
0: just. So, there's a thing you want. Yeah. There's, there's, well,
1: as far as as far as we go, I want to do more things like like that. And and I I have I have animation um software that I've I've barely ever used. I need to really, you know, get a get a feel for that and and get something going cause, like I always want to do. I, I, I want to do things in, like in, a, in a more fun way for us. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, instead of just looking at our ugly mugs.
1: Yeah, yeah, because that, that's one of the things, like, here's the thing I want. Um, I, I, I... It drives me crazy when, like, people are doing um, album reviews and it's just them, like, talking. Uh-huh. Like, like Like, the videos on them, it's like, you could have done this in a different format, you could have typed this out. Like, it's them doing it, like, Verbatim, um, but like me, I couldn't do something like that because of the fact that I just sit here and go. Um, D- uh, and then you do
0: the thing with the hands and that. Yeah, you
1: know, and I, I don't, I don't like sitting there staring at someone's face while they're just sitting there, just talking at me about about an album. I would like to, them to mix it up, which is like what I tried to do when we did the videos. Is you know throw in random video clips, cutaways make things animated or give something else going make on. Make a story
0: into it. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, Pat's old reviews are really fun. Yeah. You know, and then we, we kind of carry that over into, like, the Grand Magus video, which is one of my favorite ones that we've ever done. Yeah. I really liked that one. And then, of course, the animated one, that was good.
1: But, like, when you're... When, you, when you're when you just sitting there just talking for a solid ten minutes and, like, you don't cut away, you don't do anything, you just kind of have cuts in the in the footage. Like, just... Like oh, I made a mistake here. Yeah, 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 like stuff like that. I'm like um, am you, you lost me like eight minutes ago. Yeah, so um, that is that is to say, like if if that's your thing, keep doing it. Mazel tov. Yeah, go for it. Um, it's just not my thing. Yeah, uh,
0: um, we try to vary.
1: Yeah, like even when I do like, like my my own. Video logs on my own personal channel, I don't like doing them for very long. Yeah. Because of the fact that, like, no one wants to sit there and stare at my fucking face. It gets, it gets awkward. Yeah. Like, no one wants to stare at my fucking face for 10 minutes while I sit there and talk about my life. Yeah. So.
0: Alright. Are we ready for some touring news? Yes. Cartoon news? Yes. Alright. Festival's coming up first. Okay. So, adding to the excitement of its previously announced headliners, Foo Fighters and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. Boston Calling rolls out news uh, the other day that recently reunited rock icons. Rage Against the Machine will also headline its 2020 festival in what will be the band's only scheduled performance in the New England area this year. Foo Fighters will kick off the headlining Boston Calling performance on Friday, May 22nd, followed by Rage Against the Machine on Saturday, May 23rd. And Red Hot Chili Peppers will round out the festival on Sunday, May 24th, making an epic weekend of live 1990s music. Joining these uh, these rock heavyweights to perform across the festivals, five stages are over sixty artists in all. Boston Calling, the acclaimed annual three-day festival, will make uh, will take place at the Harvard Athletic Complex in Austin, uh, Massachusetts on Memorial Day weekend, May twenty-second through twenty-fourth, twenty-twenty.
1: When you were saying like the reunited rock icons thing, I thought we were going to be like that whole thing from the last podcast where like we were talking about Bon Jovi and it's like, you know, like Rock and Roll Hall of Famers <gasps> Bon Jovi oh. <laughs> but I thought you were going to let me down I was like nope you didn't let me down okay. <laughs> nope not this time Rage Against
0: the Machine Rage Against the Machine alright so this one's super cool alright Psycho Las Vegas will continue to redefine America's conception of what a festival can be taking over Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino for the second year in a row Uh, on August 14th through the 16th of 2020. Now, performance highlights will include... This is not just the bands that are playing. These are performance highlights. Danzig will celebrate the 30th anniversary of arguably his best record, Danzig 2, Luciferge, Luciferge, whatever. Yeah. And will also be the only performance of the album in its entirety in the U.S. this year. Merciful Fate will fly in for an exclusive reunion performance in the U.S. for uh, 2020 also marking their first performance together since 1999. Woot. At the Gates will perform Slaughter of the Soul in its entirety, celebrating 25 years of the album. Down will celebrate the 25th anniversary of his debut album, Nola. Reunion performances by Adamantium and Poison the Well, who are also celebrating the 20th anniversary of their Opposite of December album. Emperor, Waitain, and Satyricon will make special one-off appearances at the festival. Cult of Fire and Memphis To Felis. I don't know. Anyway, they will make their U.S. debut performances at Cycle Las Vegas. So these are new bands. So, again, just super cool.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, this sounds like a good one to go to.
0: Yeah. yeah like <laughs> This randomly awesome stuff happens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like every single band that comes up is a reason to fucking celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> like, don't close the bar just yet. We got this one more celebration to do. <laughs> We're doing
0: this. We're doing this. All right, here we go. All right, so touring. Yep. So not necessarily uh, uh, a metal band here, but they have uh, reunited uh, My Chemical Romance. They have announced a summer-fall U.S. tour. The Trek will kick off on September 9th in Detroit, Michigan, and then on October 11th in Las Vegas, Nevada. The tour includes a headlining appearance at the Aftershock Festival in Sacramento, California. Well, they will play in between Metallica's two headlining shows. They will also perform at Chicago's Riot Fest. Now, apparently, all these shows that they announced, all this whole tour is sold out.
1: I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. So.
0: And people are not okay
1: with it. That's an album title, isn't it? It's a song title.
0: Okay. Actually, I don't know if it's a song title, but it's definitely a chorus in one of their songs.
1: I'm going to need you to get fucked. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Faith No More, which recently announced their first European live performances in five years, has extended the trek, adding shows in Stuttgart, Berlin, Amsterdam, Milan, and Zurich. Woot. Here's one for us. Napalm Death will embark on a North America uh, tour this spring. The trek will kick off with a few West Coast dates featuring support from the Locusts, while the rest of the tour will feature Aborted and Worm. Uh, select shows will also include tombs. There is a San Antonio date here on May 11th at the pre- Rock Box. Pretty sure that's a Wednesday, unfortunately. So that will not be a uh, show that I go to. That'll be a show that
1: I go to because fucking Napalm Death.
0: Yep. And we were just talking on the last podcast that Dan needs Napalm Death to come around again, and here they are. Yeah, that's right. They listen. They listen. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We have fans. We have fan. <laughs> fan. We have we have fans. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy Hagar and the Circle will embark on a summer 2020 U.S. tour with uh, White Snake and Night Ranger. Yeah. Hagar and his Circle bandmates Michael Anthony, Jason Bonham, and Vic Johnson will be promoting their debut studio album "Space Between." which came out last May. Now, I do believe that uh, Sammy Hagar and The Circle are also performing at the rodeo this year here that, in San Antonio, that which that is this are. month. They are. I also believe that Bush is performing at the rodeo. Really? I think I saw that. I did not see that. I think I did. You, you sure it wasn't George Bush? <laughs> <laughs> Bad joke. Great joke. Stop. Bad joke. Great joke. Terrible joke. Awesome joke. Great. Fucking love it. All right, anyway. Disturbed has announced a 31-date The Sickness 20th Anniversary tour uh, throughout North America, which is co-produced by Frank Productions and Live Nation. The amphitheater tour, with very special guests Stained and Bad Wolves, celebrates the two-decade anniversary of the band's seminal album, The Sickness. On this tour, the band will perform songs off the album, as well as tracks from their most recent studio release, Evolution, and their extensive catalog, which is exactly what a normal tour is. There's nothing special. The Sickness 20th anniversary tour will run From mid-July through mid-September With dates in cities including Tampa, Toronto Cincinnati, Phoenix, and Irvine
1: So you'll just basically Basically they'll probably play more Of the Sickness than they normally do And you'll get to hear Just really how badly that album has been dated (laughs) (sighs) Because man Like it's, it's
0: It's a little bit of a hard listen at this point for me personally, I, I, I still enjoyed it. And,
1: uh, like, I mean, I go
0: back to it very infrequently. It's not like so, it's not like something I can listen to over and over again, like you know, Killswitch engages alive or just breathing, which yeah. I listen to at least once a week. You know, yeah,
1: it's 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 a hard listen for me. They they got they got better, so although I'm, I'm still not a big big fan of theirs. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I, they're serviceable. <laughs> they're there. They're there. I can listen. I can can eat. I can listen. Agnostic Front have announced a co-headlining tour. We're sick of it all. The 19 date trek will begin on April 23rd in Boston. We'll make stops in Toronto, Chicago, and Houston before concluding in Syracuse, New York on May 15th. Next
1: year, for the Nuclear Blast Black Friday sale, it's going to be Agnostic Front. Because that was one that I passed up on this year. Because I already had enough.
0: Mark it down, gentlemen. That's Mark right. It down.
1: So I will. I I, I like their album. Um, oh God, what's it, what is it called? Like the, the day America died, or something like that. Whatever, whatever their one like their album was about five years ago.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I like that album. So they're they're
0: good in my book. All right. Guns and Roses has announced the North American dates as part of its epic 2020 worldwide stadium tour this summer. Nothing around here, I don't think. Hmm. But on a side note, Smashing Pumpkins will support Guns N' Roses on select dates of that uh, tour coming up, actually. Making it a very interesting show. Yeah, I was going to say, that doesn't sound like it mixes at all. Uh, Cohen and Cambria will return to the road for the 40-plus date Never Ender NWFT Tour in 2020. Continuing the popular Never Ender Tour series, the group will perform its 2007 fourth studio album, Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4, Volume 2, No World for Tomorrow, in its entirety. Additionally, fans can expect performances of Cody and Caribbean classics as well as other essential material for the band's expansive catalog. San Antonio date, May 6th at the Aztec. Perfect place to see them, by the way.
1: So, it's just funny that it's named Neverender, but it made me think of something that I saw in some of my research of Bob Dylan. Um, he hasn't gone on named tours since the early 80s. It's pretty much the never-ending tour.
0: Says Bob Dylan.
1: So it's, it, like, if you go onto Wikipedia, 1981 was the start, and pretty much they just list all the dates he's played since then.
0: That's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, just, you know, I'm going on tour. <laughs> Fuck you, shit, I'm going on tour.
0: I mean, the, the tours really need a name. No, not really. I mean, but like
1: when it, you think about it, it's just one of those things where it's like I'll play a show when I fucking feel like
0: it. It feels like Paul McCartney like every 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 year Paul McCartney kind of gets frozen' like all right, we're going on tour for a month and then he gets frozen again. it's like, all right, I'm coming back out for a little bit. New album which I think I just saw this I don't I, I, I might have been dreaming, but because I didn't see anything followed up after the Rolling Stones yes, have announced a few dates. They are playing in Dallas Rolling Stones.
1: U.S. tour in 2020.
0: They are the original Rolling Stones that created the Earth. <laughs> so what the fuck?
1: Yeah, they they are they are pieces of the comet that killed the dinosaurs.
0: <laughs> Just rolling around here, <laughs> getting Jeez all riches, rock and roll, getting
1: all literal in this bitch.
0: Oh man! All right. Following the enormous success of 2019's inaugural Not Fest Roadshow tour. Slipknot has announced that they will once again be hitting the road this summer uh, to headline the Knotfest Roadshow 2020 North American Tour produced by Live Nation. Joining them will be special guests, a day to remember, under oath, and Code Orange. Mood. And I did not write this down here, but apparently there is a festival. Oh, we, I think we might have mentioned it uh, last podcast, where uh, Megadeth and Lamb of God might be re Activating a a festival or a touring festival that kind of went defunct for a little bit. The Mayhem Festival?
1: Uh, Mayhem? Or uh, Gigantor?
0: No, I think it's the Mayhem Festival. Oh, really? I don't remember. I don't remember. But I think there was a a leaked date uh, to kind of confirm the rumors. Uh, So I'm sure we're going to see dates for that coming up real soon. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. And hopefully there's something close by. Because I'd love to see Megadeth again.
1: Yeah, I want to see them one more time before uh, anything worse happens yeah, to Dave.
0: Yeah, and I want so. to see Lamb of God again. I haven't seen them in years, and I really would like to see them again. Yeah. Um, Arrowsmith, uh, sorry, one-offs? Ready for some one-offs? One-offs. One-offs. Arrowsmith will play at famed Fenway Park on Friday, September 18th. Tickets on sale to the public went, uh, that was this past January, 31st.
1: Okay. So Joey Kramer should be ready by then?
0: We think so. Uh,
1: Unless they're really like, uh, I don't know.
0: Well, the thing thing about it, they're they're trying to get them to be up to par, from what I understand, because they have a bunch of uh, shows for their residency in Las Vegas this month.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, So here's a huge fucking show. System of a Down, Corn, and Faith No More will perform at Bank of California Stadium in Los Angeles, California on May 22nd. Helmet and Russian Circles will also appear on this bill. Wow. Due to overwhelming demand... They have added a second show at the same stadium in Los Angeles, California. The bands will now also perform at the venue on Saturday, May 23rd, which is one day after the previously announced show. And again, it's the full lineup. It's System of the Down, Corn, Faith No More, Helmet, and Russian Circles. It's
1: one of those times that I kind of wish I lived in California. Kind of? But then I kind of snap out of it and go, fuck that.
0: I'm just wondering, like... I mean, this seems to be, like, something that people want. Yeah. Really want. No, like, well, is, this, is this, like... Is this, like, putting a toe in the water for a tour?
1: I think... It should just be a toe in the water for a tour for System of a
0: Down. Like... That would be nice. Like, just
1: them touring the U.S. in general would be nice. Yes. So...
0: Yes. Because I haven't seen System of a Down in probably a decade and a half. Yeah. And... Not since corn. I've seen a couple times. I can deal, you know. But we've only seen Faith No More the one time in Houston, and that was an amazing show. Yep. And to see like those bands together would would definitely be a little cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, just a tiny bit. Just, 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 <laughs> a, just a tad, just yeah. a touch. Yeah. Just scotch. Yeah. Scotch cool. Iota. Iota. Jiffy. <laughs> Pinch. I mean, Dash. You know, that, that turned out to uh, eleven. <laughs> like, let's just be let's just be real here. Yeah. All right, anyway, last bit for one-offs here. SiriusXM announced today that Pearl Jam will perform at Harlem's world-famous Apollo Theater in a special invitation-only concert for SiriusXM subscribers and Pandora listeners on Thursday, March 26th. Wow. I find it very funny that the band who went to war with Ticketmaster about their pricing is doing an invite-only uh, event. Hmm. Changes, yeah. I guess so. Priorities change,
1: yeah. You you get old and you're like, ah, fuck it.
0: (laughs) it. We fought the good fight, we're done. Yeah, all right. So, you ready to be disappointed? We got some charts here. (sighs) All right, so as always, we will do the number five, the top five on the the top 200 billboard. Yep, so number one is a uh, album by please uh, by Buddy. Uh, Okay, let me start again. Is an album by Roddy Rich the the album's called Please Excuse Me for Being Antisocial. Oh, we've talked about this one. Yeah, because
1: I had a I had a gripe about the use of the word
0: antisocial. Yeah, it, it, uh, it fell down for a little bit, but it's uh, back at number one. Wow. Good for you
1: and your ill use of the term.
0: All right. At number two is the newest record by Eminem, music to be murdered by.
1: Wow, that, still around. That, uh, okay, so is that brand new or is that like? Oh, it's
0: brand week? new. It oh. was at number one last week. It's only okay. been on the charts for. A okay, week. I was gonna
1: say like, did it, did it like, not go to number one?
0: They went to number one. It was at number one last week. Okay, it's been replaced by Roddy Rich. Gotcha. Okay. All right, making a surge and uh, what's her name? Billie Eilish has been on the charts for forty-four weeks and she's back at number three. Hmm. Uh, this is probably after she's probably gotten a little bit of a surge after winning four fucking Grammys.
1: Yeah, I still haven't not heard a single song.
0: I have um, the one of the, I've heard two because it's on the radio, and the one song I know for sure is it's called "Bad Guy." Um, I think a lot of people give her crap for having a very whisper style of singing. It's very quiet, mm. but it's catchy as fuck. So you can't fault her for that. Mm. You know, she's also very young. I think she's like seventeen, so she's got a long way to go. Like, you know, to make music. Yeah. Hopefully it's not just, like, a one-off thing for her.
1: We'll, we'll see, because, I mean, it, I find it so funny that, like, in in moments of, of, like, a moment in time, people have such gripes about certain kinds of, of music, and it's like, give it some time, it'll probably go away. Yeah. Or it'll just decline in popularity, and it becomes less apparent. Yeah. So, or it'll make a resurgence like the Super Bowl halftime and we have a new Latin invasion.
0: You know, and people are all for it. So whatever. Well, you
1: well, know, some people are all for it, some people are Well, cons-
0: there, you know, we can have a whole discussion point about about that. Yeah, we we don't need we don't need to get into the the, the bullshit side of that. But. I mean, because the fact of the matter is is that after that came out, after the halftime show happened, uh a guy I used to really like, I used to like Eddie Trunk a lot, but as the more I, I I see his tweets, the less I like him, because mm-hmm. uh, he really is the person that gives rock fans a bad name. Mm-hmm. Because all he complains about is like, you know, the halftime show they had Guns N' Roses in Florida. They're going to put them at the halftime show. This is fucking ridiculous. No respect for rock music. Blah 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 blah. It's like, dude, this is a genre that has been saying that we do not need the respect or we do not need the local the the adoration of the mainstream media yet we are the ones who are knocking at the door begging to be in the club yeah like you can't have it both ways you no. can't and he's the way he sounds he just sounds like a a bitter old white man mm-hmm. and it gives all of us bitter old white men a bad name <laughs> you know it's it's just it's just oh it's terrible yeah it's terrible
1: no i i can feel that cuz it's it's that that we we've talked so many times before, but the closed mindedness Yeah. You know, it's just,
0: it's again so just because it's not a genre that you like. I mean, I mean he, it's also the Super Bowl halftime. Like, like what do you expect? It like, also, it's it's a business. Just like everything else is a business, <laughs> they're not gonna sell commercial time for the halftime show for a band that hasn't released any relevant music in thirty in thirty fucking years. Yeah. You know. J Lo and fucking Shakira are still putting out relevant music. They have new releases. They do stuff that's new. Yeah. You are not gonna put fucking Guns N' Roses up there playing the same songs they've been playing for thirty years for twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. You know it's not gonna work. You know, same thing. Metallica they are a great show for heavy metal performer for heavy metal fans. They are not a show for that audience. They don't have the choreography, the dancing, the stuff like that. That's that's the entertainment value of the halftime show. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, think, oh, I think old guys like Eddie Trunk missed that part of the business. Yeah. And, which is funny because he was an A&R guy. He should know this stuff. He was in the music business. He should know things. But, again, stuck where he was. Yeah. And never getting out.
1: Yeah. And, and just kind of digging that hole deeper. So, And the
0: thing is, it was the same thing when the Grammys happened, too. I mean,
1: the the thing is, like, we've we've come to a point where we we don't have high expectations for things. We still we still want to know. We still report on it, but we don't have high expectations for things like the Grammys or or um, any sort of award season. The Rock and
0: Roll Hall of Fame. The Rock and
1: Roll Hall of Fame, especially, you know, we don't have these high expectations for it, but we do still want to know what's going on.
0: Yeah, and and again for a genre who prides itself on it on its you know rebelliousness, to really be like you know at the door begging to be let into the club is just kind of hypocritical.
1: Yeah, it's it's stupid. So. all
0: right. Anyway, can we continue on because yes. that was that's a that's a whole other thing that we've probably talked about. Next about next times, things I want. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, number four is Halsey, her album uh, *Manic*. And last but not least, here in the top five is Post Malone's album *Hollywood's Bleeding*. And now it is time to, to scroll.
1: scroll. <sighs> okay, hold on. I need to pull out some some music. Let me get the star music from *Mario 3 On
0: no, we're 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 the Split McRocker, or whatever we call. It. <laughs> Rockstar Spud. Rockstar Spud. All right, here we go. Um, number 29 is the debut. It's a new album from Breaking Benjamin, or uh, Aurora. Yeah, you could have skipped that one. Du, 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 oh, well, du, 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 you're not going to like it when it comes into the lane. Number 39 is Queen's Greatest Hits. Queen's Greatest Hits. Number 39. Which means that Breaking Benjamin's number one on the rock charts. Yeah, so we'll just skip that then. Yeah, we will. Because <laughs> now you know. And knowing is half the battle. Uh, the other half of the battle is not giving a fuck. <laughs> oh my god, they still do these now albums. Now seventy three, number sixty four. Now
1: it would be great if it came for something in,
0: completely different. It would
1: be great. At like every single time it comes out, it comes out at the number it's it is. Right,
0: that'd be amazing. <laughs> Like, he's not really at that number, but Billboard just puts it at that number. <laughs> so every year it gets a little bit lower. <laughs> uh, Creed is War Revival, 20 Greatest Hits is at number 72. Yep. Um, both Frozen soundtracks are on here. Uh, Journey's Greatest Hits are at number 78. Uh, ba- 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 ba, the Greatest Showman, ba- 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 Moana. A lot of soundtracks all of a sudden here. Uh, Bob Marley and the Wailers best of 92 92 Beatles Abbey Road at number 97 took a little bit of a 15 point dive there
1: Ah, oh, my dog
0: oh a new album by the Pet Shop Boys called Hotspot is that number 100 rumors Fleetwood Mac 102 another 15 point dive we got a couple of albums from uh, some of the guys in the top 5 like Roddy Rich and Billie Eilish and Eminem they got some. They got multiple albums on the charts at the moment. Mm-hmm. Bad Boys for Life soundtrack. I don't know whatever. I Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers' Greatest Hits number one. Uh, Levon, Back in Black number one seventeen. Greatest Hits by Guns N' Roses one twenty one. The Essential Michael Jackson at one twenty nine. That man can dance. You need to get over that shit. I know it's been like five years. <laughs> uh, five-figure Death Punch, Decade of Destruction, 142. It
1: still has your six.
0: One 142. The Greatest Hits of the Eagles, 147. Another Eminem record in there. Although, for some reason... Oh, okay. Okay. I, it looked like the cover of um, License to Ill. Yeah. Uh, but it's actually... It's Eminem's record. Well. Bob Seger, Silver Bullet Band, Greatest Hits, 155. Nevermind, Nirvana, 159, 159. Metallica's Black Album,
1: 163.
0: Mm-hmm. Getting down to the, the greatest hits, the ultimate collection of Bon Jovi, 175.
1: Yeah, rock and Roll Hall of Famers.
0: Won all the accolades? Oh God! Imaginable, all of them.
1: That was that was the that Ooh. was some of the worst journalism.
0: The Witcher, the music from the Netflix original series, brand new record coming out at one eighty four. There's a song. That, there's a song that everyone keeps referencing from that show. Toss a coin to your Witcher, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, something like that. It's been covered a couple times already. I think Matt Heffy from Trivium has done it. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just watched the first episode. It seems like a cool show. I really want to get into yeah. it. It's also a book series i have a kindle now might be a thing it's also a video game it's also a video game it's nerdy shit and i love it and yeah that really does wrap us up fuck that once
1: okay so um i think the discussion we were going to do last last time i think we'll save for next time cuz it's a long one yes um but we were going to discuss um the uh post that we did um earlier in this week? Was it this week? Fuck, I, I lost track of time. I think it was this week.
0: I probably Let's d- see. It was four days ago, so yeah, okay. it was Monday.
1: Okay, cool. Um, so it was a list of 16 artists, um, or not a list of, it was a Photos di- of 16 diagram artists. of 16 artists that um, it says if you could uh, bring one back from the dead to see them play again.
0: You can buy a ticket to see one perform again, and it's a band name with a deceased member. Yeah. Uh, so let's go through the list of these people. Well, let's do them one by one, because I'm going to forget. <laughs> All right. So you got John Bonham from Led
1: Zeppelin. A lot of people, I feel like they, like, I th- I think of the, f- the, the the small handful of responses that we got, I think Led Zeppelin was, like, the most.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think our cousin, um, Dave, mentioned that he says, you know, Led Zeppelin, and then he said a close second for him was uh, Pantera. Yeah, which we'll get to. Um, and...
1: I think I think we had two on Instagram and then like one or two on um, on on Facebook. For yeah, it.
0: Michelle M- Murado. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure. Anyway, she said Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm not sure who's on Facebook. I just have the Instagram pulled up. Yeah. Uh, so next one up is uh, Chuck from uh, Death.
1: I'm not a Death fan yet, so um, I I know like he has a legacy, and it would be one of those things like I'd want to see it just to see it. But again, not yet a death fan. I'm so.
0: also going to have to pre, uh, preamble this with the fact that some of these members, uh, some of these names, I'm not going to know. Okay. Um, so we'll go from there. So of course, Dimebag Daryl from Pantera. Yeah,
1: uh, I would, I would go for that. So.
0: Uh, Cliff Burton from
1: Metallica. I'm actually kind of okay with with that one.
0: Like, I mean. Well, I think the, the premise here is like there's a list of people that passed away. You can only pick one.
1: Yeah, but I mean...
0: So how are we doing this? Because I know what my answer is, and I'm not going to give it until we go through the whole list. So I can talk uh, about how I check these things off.
1: Well, I'm just kind of going through the, the list in general right okay. now, and then we can kind of pick okay, the, gotcha, gotcha, the one gotcha, gotcha. afterward. Um, I mean, with Cliff, like... It's not him in particular that I want to see. I would want to see Metallica 1986 in general.
0: Yeah. Like just like, the fire of yeah. like, the master of puppets era. Yeah,
1: like like the the band at you know their like just you know on tour with Ozzy. I would love to have seen yeah. that tour.
0: Yeah, because apparently he like every night they blew him off the stage. Yeah, so so all right. Next up, you got Dio, of course.
1: Yes, um, I'll get I'll get to that one when we go later. All right, on. Jeff
0: Hanneman from Slayer. I've
1: seen Slayer, so I'm
0: I'm pretty okay with that. Odorissarongus from Guar yeah, uh, Randy Rose from Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, uh, a gentleman who passed away from Bathory.
1: Um, that's Corthon. Um, yeah. Uh, the drummer from Kiss.
0: Uh, it's Eric Carr. Eric Carr. Yep. Uh, a gentleman from Deep Purple. Uh, John Lord. I believe John Lord. Uh, that would probably be John Lord. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, gentleman from Exodus. Uh, it's Paul Baloff. Oh, okay. Okay, Mayhem, of course. Um, Probably Euronymous. Yep. Megadeth.
1: Uh, Gar Samuelson.
0: Yep. Gorgoroth. That one I don't know. Yeah, and there's a one in the corner I can't read it. It's, it's Anal Cunt. Oh, okay, that's Anal Cunt. Yeah. Alright. So, when I looked at this, I looked at first the people I've seen. So, Dio, seen him already. Yeah. Slayer with Jeff Hanneman, seen it. But uh, Pantera with Dimebag seen it, so I I don't need to see those. Yeah, and then I started looking at the the individual people in these bands that you, that we're talking about here, um, in the context of what would be special about seeing them specifically. Yeah, so for bands for for people here who are just talking about the uh, who are instrumentalists in the bands: Randy Rhodes, Cliff Burton, Led Zeppelin, uh, Cliff Burton from Otaka then John Bonham from Led Zeppelin. The fact of the matter is that you can still see these people, these bands perform these songs without these members of the band. Yeah. Um, the only time you would see them actually perform as a standalone performer to actually showcase their talents as a solo performer would be during like a drum solo, a bass solo, a guitar solo. Mm-hmm. So you really aren't seeing them doing their thing. They are not the band itself. Yeah. So I left out. Randy Rhodes, Cliff Burton, and John Bottom. Okay. Um, I also can probably leave out the same for like John Lord from Deep Purple. Mm-hmm. When you go to see Deep Purple, you're there to hear the songs. You can hear the songs without specifically John Lord. You're not going to see his specific talents until it's a solo. Yeah. Same thing with like the drummer of Kiss, drummer of Megadeth. You can still see these bands. I have seen these bands mm-hmm. without without them. Um, I'm just not a Big enough fan to be able to to pick Bathory, Mayhem, or Gorgoroth. Yeah, I mean, I can see these bands now. I like. There's nothing that that drives me to that. I, my pick. I can get one ticket to see one perform again. It would have to be Chuck from Death. Only because not only was he a guitar player in the band, but he was the songwriter and the vocalist. He was that band. Mm-hmm. So you can't really see Death without Chuck, but you can see all these other bands. Without these other members, Mm -hmm. for the most part. You know, of course, like Dio, but we've seen Dio, Guar, not the biggest fan of Guar. So I think for me, my money, Chuck and death. Okay. Differentiating from that, um,
1: I think of the era that they were alive in. So I will, I will look at, I, I whittle it down, um, by that means, to Metallica with Cliff Burton, mm-hmm. um, Megadeth with Gar Samuelson, and Ozzy with Randy Rhodes.
0: Oh, so you're going by era, not by person uh, himself I'm going by era. Okay. Because
1: I would like to like you, if I were if I were not the age that I was, if I were not born at the time that I was, and I were an older gentleman, and I were able to see these individuals play at the at that time, which one would I have wanted to see the most? Okay. Um, and my answer is probably going to be Randy Rhodes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, now, you have pretty much the, uh, uh, like, the, 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 the same point that I made for Metallica as far as Cliff Burton, you know, figuring about 1986 when they're doing Master of Puppets era on tour with Ozzy and stuff like that, like, that's... That I feel is like the pinnacle of that time uh-huh. uh, with him. In the same vein, I feel similarly about Gar Samuelson and the piece "Sells Who's Buying?" Era. Uh-huh. Like you have the same the same reasoning there, but it's hard to pick which one over. You know, I I, I feel like ultimately I might be a bigger Megadeth fan, but they definitely
0: have a, a larger catalog of better songs.
1: But. With Metallica, I'm a bigger fan of their first three albums when compared to the first two albums of Megadeth. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of just balances out. But Randy Rhodes, in particular, rises up because you have Ozzy before, like really before things got out of whack. Uh-huh. Um, you know, kind of kind of getting his sh- his shit together after being booted from from Black Sabbath um Diary of a Madman Blizzard of Oz touring under those two playing some Black Sabbath tunes with that kind of talent at the forefront would be incredible you know the 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 tribute album that they had the Speak of the Devil album um, well Speak of the Devil wasn't him sorry um but the tribute album um just shows just like you know the live the live material is Fantastic, uh, I would I would have loved to have seen him. And like me, me being like a, like a guitar player, but a passive one for sure. Um, I, you know, would have loved to have seen that. Mm-hmm. See, see him doing his craft. So, um, well, if
0: I was to go in the in the way that you were thinking, mm-hmm. as far as era, I would probably I would probably go along with um, our cousin and and our other commenter and go with um, Bonham and Zeppelin. Yeah. Because at the time that they that they were hitting their stride and I'm thinking like I'm thinking around the release of like um Zeppelin four. We're yep. talking Stairway to Heaven. We're talking right before they started jumping the shark a little bit, but we're talking like um when the levee breaks, um, stuff like that. Just the groove that this guy had and the fucking force behind his drumming. And the, the fact of the matter is that there is no there's very few bands that sounded like Led Zeppelin at the time. Mm-hmm. Um I think that would probably that would probably if I like I said, if I was going by what you were doing, going by error error, that's what I would that's who I would probably pick as well.
1: See, like it's if I were a bigger Led Zeppelin fan, that would probably end up being my choice. But I'm a bigger fan of, of Ozzy, I'm a bigger fan of those those first two albums by Ozzy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. For sure so i th- i think that that'll be my my thinking of it but the other bands you know n- no discredit to them um i like exodus still not like not 100% with not 100%, familiar with their stuff Not i 100% familiar with their stuff i don't really care about eno cunt so that's that's out the door immediately gorgoroth uh, out the door again because i don't know their stuff um, i would if we're talking eras Dio's a pretty good contender, depending on the era. Yeah, Um, I would definitely say 1985-86 would be a great time to see Dio, because mm-hmm. be that Sacred Heart era. That's when he has the giant fucking dragon on stage, and he's swinging the sword and all that kind of goofy BS. Would love to have seen him during that time. Um, actually, like, like, the Live at Donington albums that he's released, um, or released, um, around that from around that time are great like he like even to to his his death he was a great live performer oh yeah oh yeah and, and it would have been great to see him more in his his like younger more younger spry. yeah I think that would have been fantastic um but it was still great to see him as an older man and him still be spry and a, a lively yeah a lively front man which you know is is key that's that's one thing that's, that could be a whole things I want thing frontmen need to be frontmen mm-hmm. like you yeah, are there's got
0: to be some kind of charisma there yeah some kind of energy yeah. like I, I think that's one of the things I, I particularly like about James Hatfield as a frontman is that not only is he like a great player because like his right hand is like is like that's like fucking awesome yeah but he's also a great frontman. He has a lot of charisma up there. Yeah. I mean, even after the going like I know that he's he said that alcohol was like his big like, you know, unguarding. Like that's what kind of opened him up to be a frontman. Even after he got sober, he was still a really good frontman. Yeah. He had a lot of charisma. He's a big presence. I mean, that big pop ahead. There's a reason he's called that. Yeah. He's a big personality. Yeah. Um not so, and and he, he and the thing is, other frontmen from that era just not as, as charismatic. Like Dave Mustaine is not that charismatic.
1: Yeah, on stage he's he's you know he's he stands there. You yeah, know? and it's kind of. Eh.
0: You know, James Hetfield is a very in-your-face, and again, I just keep on using the same word: charismatic person on stage. And yeah, he's awesome to watch. he's yeah. awesome to interact with. You know,
1: but then you also think of guys like like Ozzy Osbourne. Like, he's 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 definitely charismatic, but he just kind of stands
0: there. Well, I mean, there's physical limitations when it comes to him, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but there's only so much a guy like that can do. Yeah. Now the thing is, going back to our discussion here, we're going back with eras, yeah. and I, I I'm still actually now that I'm thinking about it, kind of leaning again towards death, only because um, it was a band in that era. At the, on the on the verge, on the burgeoning scene of death metal, so yeah. it's like the the christening of a new of a new uh, genre of music. Yeah, you know, so I w- I might have to lean again back to death. Yeah, for that, you know, because then I was also thinking like seeing the guys from like Mayhem, Bathory, and Gorgoroth would be very cool because again that's another birth of a of a genre mm-hmm. to see. Um I just don't know their. I just don't. I'm just not as familiar with their stuff. Yeah. So. that was cool I like that that was a good one yeah um, so I think another one that's similar to that one is like you have like the ones that you see you have like 15 bucks to make a, a, a festival and there's like pe- different bands at different yeah. price ranges which I, I thought would, would be a cool one to do
1: yeah we could can, we can probably do that one another time but yeah. uh, um, next time I want to do the one that we were supposed to do the last the 66 time. top songs from 2019 from, from the 2010s 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 yeah. 2010s yeah that sounds good so um, we will probably get to that next time. Hopefully, we remember to do it. Fingers um, crossed. Yeah, you and have the, the list from Pat. Uh, I, I think he sent it to me. I haven't. Uh, I haven't looked at it because I don't want to look at it.
0: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. We want visceral reactions. Yeah.
1: Um, but we will hopefully do that next time. Um, but in the meantime, um, we will call. We will make our curtain call
0: mm-hmm. because um,
1: this elf needs to piss badly.
0: Warrior needs to piss, eat, and work out. So, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> Not that
1: anyone needed to know that. But, hey, here's what I'm going to do after the show. So If you yeah. feel
0: like stopping by and having a chat. <laughs> if you want a
1: behind-the-scenes video of that, you're weird. <laughs> uh, so, until next time, I'm Dan Mack. And I'm Chris Mack. And we are The Slime.